Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. So this is part three in a three-part series of the Delegation Dip. So if this is you're new to the podcast or you're just kind of chiming in over here, I started a podcast series called the Delegation Dip. And the Delegation Dip is a term I coined when school leaders, school owners, directors, administrators delegate a task, a project, or a specific outcome inside of their organization to another person, there is a 30% decrease of efficiency and productivity when you're delegating. And during this dip, during this time period, when there's a 30% decrease, which is typically about three to six months, sometimes longer depending on the scope or the complexity of the project, there are typically three things that leaders do during this dip. They either micromanage, which was part one of the series, neglect, which was part two of the series, or they fire too quickly, which is what we're gonna be talking about in this episode today. So. If you have not listened to the previous two episodes, definitely go check those out because every episode builds on the next one. So I might be flipping a very famous paradigm over here where many of you have heard the famous paradigm in startup, hire slow, fire fast. And I think that there's a lot of nuance here. I think it's challenging to go black and white that we always hire slow and we always fire fast. Because this mindset of firing quickly has really infiltrated inside of our school systems, and it's actually wrecking havoc on our school cultures. We need to be able to look at things with a nuanced mindset where context matters, right? Context matters to your emotional maturity and your development as a leader. And so making blatant statements like hire slow and fire fast really doesn't do anyone any good inside of the organization, both from the teachers all the way up to upper management and leadership. In my experience in working inside of organizations, I've hired employees very quickly who have actually been with me for a very long time. And I've taken a very long time before I actually even fired someone. And many times I never ended up firing the person because really what they needed was more training, coaching, and mentorship. So 
the challenge with phrases like this, you know, higher, slow, fire, fast, A, B, C, you know, A players versus C and D players, these things become catchy in a world that is very fast paced, that wants us to do more and more and more and more. So we want these quick go-tos that we can live by so we can move faster, right? Like, oh, get rid of your C and D players, only keep your A players, make your B players A players, right? Higher, slow, fire, fast. It's all great. It, it sounds really nice, but it doesn't always work because context matters, right? So yes, do I believe in taking your time and hiring? Absolutely. I have multiple hoops that people have to jump through before they can work in our company. And I also believe that when someone breaks trust or integrity or someone steals from the company or God forbid, if someone hits a child or any offense like that, absolutely, they should be shown the exit sign immediately. I'm not talking about integrity or abuse of any sort. What I'm talking about in today's podcast are regular human mistakes, the everyday blunders of being human, of lacking training, of everything like that, that is actually sending directors and owners into a firing war zone. Like we're actually firing people so quickly and we're not understanding the cost analysis and actually what it takes to build and sustain a school of excellence. But then there's the flip side again, where a team member keeps making mistakes is costing you energy and sleep and time and money. So you decide, okay, I'm going to fire the person. Let's start fresh. But what you have to remember is there's no such a thing as starting fresh. Every time you're starting something, you're starting over again. Whenever you start something over again, you have to build new momentum, invest new resources, new time. There's a lot of starting over. So the first step in this process of how to really understand, am I firing too quickly, right? If I think about one of the most asked questions in our coaching calls, when I'm coaching directors and owners in our owners HQ and directors in our circle program, some of the top questions I get are, should I fire this person? Is this person beyond reproach? Is this person coachable anymore? Like, is it time to let this person go? It's like the million dollar question, because if you look at what it costs to replace an employee, it costs 33 to 70% of an employee's salary in recruitment, hiring, and training. So if someone's making $60,000 a year, it's going to cost you anywhere between 20 to 40 grand to recruit, train, and replace this staff member. So of course, people are thinking very, very long and hard before they should fire someone, right? And especially in a market today where people are struggling to find staff and quality staff, they're like, I, I can't fire them. So we're almost in this like different era where we're not firing or letting go of people when we really should be. And then sometimes we're actually hiring too quickly or we're not hiring with the right integrity, the right understanding of what's happening. So Today's podcast is about understanding the delegation dip, right? That period of time when you've delegated something and how to understand and how to navigate through the dip so that you're not firing someone when they're in the delegation dip. So let's take, for example, when I used to do site audits. So when I first started working um, and consulting inside of schools, I used to go inside of schools and I would audit the company culture. I called it the culture audit. And I would come inside of the school and I would spend a day inside of the organization. And I would audit different things that I would see in relation to what the owner had proclaimed their culture was. And so I would come back and we would have conversations about my observations, right? And we would talk about what, what does this look like? How does this manifest itself? And we would have 
we would have some serious conversation about it. So I remember I was in one particular school and it was a Reggio inspired school and it was absolutely gorgeous. It was set up beautifully. And one of the things that I typically look for whenever I'm in schools that are just pristinely beautiful, I look to see for one thing. I'm actually really looking to see, does this company obsess over meticulousness and cleanliness? Because a lot of times when everything is so beautiful and the furniture is beautiful and this is beautiful and all these things are aesthetically beautiful, a lot of times the culture becomes meticulousness and cleanliness over everything else. So it sometimes can get to an extreme. So I was ha- so I did this observation inside of the school. And when I sat with the owner after, we were having a conversation. And I said, one of the things I want to point out to you is there were a number of interactions where I noticed that the teacher chose meticulousness and cleanliness over the kids. And the owner was like horrified. She's like, what do you mean? Tell me, tell me what happened. I'm like, listen, my conversation here with you is not about telling you the sins of your school. My conversation here is to bring awareness to things that are very difficult to see when you're running the day-to-day operations of the center. So she says, what do you mean by that? I said, well, when the teacher was cleaning up after she read the kids a story, she had taken out multiple books and she was putting all the books away. And one of the kids needed her attention, like was crying and something was going on. And she kept saying, wait, wait, I'm putting the books away. And I said, that was one interaction. And there was all these different interactions that were happening where the teacher was cleaning and didn't want to stop to take care of the child. She wanted to finish cleaning first, finish putting the thing away, finish putting the markers away, the books away, the toys away. She was constantly putting something away. And this wasn't only in one classroom, it was in multiple classrooms, where the teacher's choice was to put something away first, make it clean, meticulous, and organized first, and then tend to the child's needs. And I said, what I want you to understand is, is there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's not like there's something inherently wrong with putting a book away and telling the child to wait while you put the book away and then you'll take care of him. What you need to understand is it's actually culture where inside of this organization, the culture cares about meticulous and cleanliness over taking care of the child's emotional needs in that moment. So we had a long conversation about that. And I said, listen, let me ask you a question. If you were doing a parent tour and the teacher was putting books away while a child was crying and a parent was observing, would you give the teacher feedback afterwards? Would you tell her when a child's crying, put the books down, take care of the child, put the books away later? She's like, of course. I said, okay. So what you're telling me is, is that you want cleanliness, right? You want things to be meticulously and clean but you don't want that to be over the emotional well-being of the kids. You actually have to clearly communicate that to your staff. You actually need to give them these examples and tell them when you have a choice between taking care of a crying kid or cleaning up the classroom, always choose the crying kid. Always choose the emotional needs of children, even over meticulousness and cleanliness. So for some of you that are listening, it sounds so basic, but it's not. Nothing is basic. Nothing is common sense. Not Nothing. No assumptions here, right? It's understanding what is happening inside of your organization. Because if you take it a step further, when I was talking to the owner, I said, are you ready? Like, she's like, cleanliness is really important to me. I said, okay, would you be ready to fire someone if they didn't know how to keep their classroom clean and organized? 
And she's like, no, I would just train them and, you know, coach them or I would bring in extra support or whatever it is. Like if they were a good teacher in every other area, I would never fire someone for not having a meticulously clean classroom. I said, okay. So you understand that there's a standard and you understand that there are expectations, but you understand the discernment between the two of them. The challenge is, is that when we look at something like cleanliness, we're like, oh, of course, or whatever it is, right? But then when we look at other things like mistakes in the tech system or software or CRM or anything like that, we have a much lower tolerance for certain mistakes. And so as an owner, as a director, your first invitation to understand if you're firing too quickly is asking yourself, are you aware of your red zones? Are you aware of when you kind of go into a spiral, when things are like, oh my gosh, no way. I remember there was an owner, we did a leadership day together and I asked her what her red zones were. Like when she goes into a classroom and she sees something, what sends her into a tailspin? And she said, grapes. And I said, what about grapes? She said, well, if I come into the classroom and I see that the grapes aren't cut, I get very anxious. So Um, I said, okay, great. So that's your red zone. So all of your teachers need to understand how high of an importance you place cutting grapes, Um, or you should just not serve grapes. Um, You can also just eliminate your triggers altogether also. Like you don't have to have grapes for a snack, right? If it really, really worries you and keeps you up at night because you're worried if the teachers forgot to cut the grapes, don't serve grapes. Serve clementines, serve apples. There's a lot of other fruits on the planet. So These are simple examples that I know you guys are laughing at or some of you are nodding your head. But the point of these is to understand what is your red zone? What is your trigger? And then be aware that that actually sends you into a tailspin. Here's why. When you notice a behavior from a staff member or a staff member doing something or a team member, that's something that's in your red zone. What happens is, is your brain actually goes into this like high, high arousal state. And now... Everything that the teacher does after that or the team member does after that is like, oh, God, I got, I got to supervise what's going on over there, right? Because, oh, my gosh, if she didn't cut the grapes, then like what else is happening there? And so you go into this like hypervigilant state and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The teacher actually starts making all these different mistakes and then you fire them. You need to be aware of what drives you crazy. You need to be aware of your shtick. Okay, for lack of a better word, I don't know how to say this in English. I don't think there is a word for this in English. Shtick, it's in Yiddish. It's just, it's shtick. It's like, what are the little things that just drive you nuts? And it doesn't even necessarily have to be in alignment with values or mission or vision or whatever. It's just, it's you. It's things that make you not happy. For some people, I remember I worked with a, with a director, clutter drove her nuts. Anytime she would come into my classroom, she would start rearranging clutter. And I remember that she told me one time, uh, she actually did a staff meeting in the beginning of the school year. And she said, she's like, listen, guys, one of my shticks is clutter. And so whenever I come into a classroom, here's what I need you to understand. Like, I'm going to start organizing the clutter, not because I don't like you guys or because I don't trust you or whatever it is. Like, I can't see the clutter. This is me and my OCD and my thing. So we turned it into a joke, right? She'd come into my classroom and I always had clutter everywhere. And she would start organizing like everywhere that was going on. It was actually really funny because when we did parent tours, actually, whenever there were tours, she would always come to my classroom first and organize the clutter before the tour started just to make sure that all the clutter was clean in my classroom. So whenever she came in, I knew there was a tour that day. Total side note. Fun fact about me. So 
Know your triggers. Know your shtick. What puts you in the red zone? Let's look at what are some of the signs and how to really diagnose if you're firing too quickly or not. Okay, is it you or is it the team member? A leader is responsible for the productivity of their team. Without their team, the leader becomes obsolete. Okay, he has to make each and every team member productive and push them to reach their to reach their maximum capacity and potential. And so the thing to understand when it comes to hiring and firing is some people are not able to handle the stress. Some people don't have the skill required for the position. Some people are not creative enough to come up with the innovative ideas. It doesn't mean that this person is worthless. It doesn't mean that this person can't contribute, right? It also doesn't mean you have to re-gift them to another department. It just means they need more training, mentoring, and coaching. So the leader has to really sit down and identify the weak areas of team members and give them proper training. We have to give our people proper training. So one of the things that happens a lot of the time is when we delegate, when we want to delegate to someone else on the team, we're typically delegating because we want to do all these other things. So let's say you hire a regional director or you hire a director so that you can come out, right? So you're a director and owner and you're like, okay, I'm going to hire a director and now I'm going to become the owner. And I'll work on the, you know, big picture thinking and the projects. So what happens is, is you delegate a whole bunch of projects or outcomes, tours, enrollment, exit interviews, hiring, processing, executive management, paperwork, filing, licensing, food orders, whatever, all the things, okay? And you spend some time teaching her how to do all those stuff. And about 30 days in, after you've kind of taught her all the things that she has to do, all the how-tos, right? So now she knows how to do her job. You're like, this is amazing. Now I have all this free time. I'm going to go work on all these other projects. Delegating is not your invitation for new initiatives and projects right in the beginning. Okay, I'm going to say it again loud for the people in the back. Delegating something to your leadership team is not the invitation to immediately take on new projects and initiatives. Delegating something to your leadership team, delegating outcomes or projects is your invitation to invest in training, coaching, and mentorship. And when the delegation dip has ended, when the person is up to speed and up to par and is actually operating at the standard at capacity that you want them to operate in, that is your invitation to go begin working on other projects and initiatives. What happens is, is owners delegate, they go and do their projects and initiatives. The person's okay for the honeymoon phase. I'm using air quotes for those that are listening to the podcast. And then the director starts drowning, right? Because she doesn't have support, because she doesn't have a place to ask her questions, because she doesn't know that she is allowed to ask questions. She doesn't know that there's permission to ask things about this. And then she sees that you are busy. She sees that you're taking on all these different things, right? And she's like, I don't want to bother. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And then things start breaking. And then you're like, I already delegated this. I hired this. Why do I have to do this again? Right? And then you come back and you're like, you see, I have to do everything myself. Oh. No, you don't. The challenge is, is that in a world that is so fast paced, in a world where we're constantly trying to do more and more and more and more, we hire more people, we delegate tasks to them, and then we take on more. We don't stop. We just constantly do more. And this is what leads to firing too quickly, to actually firing incredible, incredible leaders. Because what happens is, is during the delegation dip, we don't understand that the person is not 
ready for you to go and leave them alone. They're not. They need training, mentorship, and coaching. And then you can slowly take on these new initiatives. But we're so impatient. We're so impatient. We just wanted to happen yesterday. We're so impatient. We want to go after that new acquisition. We want to go after that new opportunity. We want to go do that thing. We want to go do this, do this thing. It's really hard to build a disciplined practice of not taking on more and more and more and more and more. When you're in the process of hiring two new directors and you have a center that just had a massive turnover and multiple things going on and you just did this whole hiring phase, please do not go and start acquiring another location. Wait, right? But what happens? We don't believe in patience. No, we're like, we have to go acquire today or we're gonna lose the opportunity. And every single opportunity, you're afraid you're gonna lose. Every single opportunity feels like you have to do it today. And so you burn your people out. Or the people run on treadmills as fast as they can. And some people can't handle the stress and some people can't keep up with that pace. And so you fire them. So you fire them because they're not, you know, a good fit anymore. They're not up to par. They're not, they can't keep up with our pace. Really? Really? Or are you just doing an insane treadmill run that's like absolutely not sustainable even for you in a few months from now? So really think about that. Some leaders are very quick to firing team members without giving them proper training, guidance, or counseling. Others wait too long, and that team member has done too much damage to the entire team's performance. So what's happening is, is we're not listening to ourselves. We have lost all our intuition. So we listen to the mantras. Hire slow, fire fast, let go of your B and C, D players, only have A players, right? You, you start thinking in those like, these terms because you're like, I don't have time to sit and think for a second. When you have a team member that you're feeling like is not a fit, or you feel like I might need to fire them, you need to pause. You need to pause and you need to take a break and you need to think. You need to ask yourself questions. What will it cost me? What will it cost me to rehire a new person in this role? What will it cost me in recruitment, in hiring, in retraining? We have to do an evaluation. What are the pros of keeping this person? What are the cons of keeping this person? Have I trained this person? Have I given them a learning curve? Have we done a performance improvement plan? What are the financial and temporary costs of training this person against the cost of recruiting, hiring, and training a new person. What are we all looking for? So many times when I talk to owners, they're looking for guarantees. They want guarantees. Like, okay, I'm gonna fire this person, and then the next person, we're gonna be guaranteed we're gonna find a good fit. You're always waiting for the unicorn or the magical genie to come save you. Stop it, nobody's saving you. You need to get quiet and listen to yourself. You need to listen to yourself. This is one of the big things that I do in leadership days when I come inside and work inside of big organizations that have, you know, five plus team members on the leadership, 15 people, 20 people on the leadership team. What are we doing? This is not a training where I'm coming in to teach them how to do their jobs. They all know how to do their jobs. These are people on the leadership team. They know how to do CRM and tech and tours and enrollment and processing and licensing and food orders and blah, 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 blah all the things. This is an owner who is very wise and she is investing or he's investing in the leadership team to learn 
higher level leadership skills. What are those skills? The meta skills, right? I talk about that in the Bridge to Excellence series that we did a couple of months ago. When I come in to do leadership day trainings, we're doing training on boundaries, on relational intelligence, on advocacy, on generosity, on emotional regulation, on helping the leaders become better at who they are so they can continue to lead and manage and multiply and duplicate themselves inside of the organization. But what happens is, is let's go back to the dip where when we have members of the leadership team that are in the delegation dip, the owner needs to build their capacity to sit in the discomfort of things not being in the standard that they want it to be. What happens is we mix a standard and an expectation. An expectation is in the first 30 days, here's how I expect you to show up. The standard is that this is the standard in our company. In the first 30 days, I don't expect you to meet the standard. You're 19 years old. You've never had a job before. This is your first job. And I have to train you and coach you and mentor you. How in the world are you going to meet my standard in the first 30 freaking days? That is not real life. It's not. I talk to directors who say things like, oh, the teacher needs to do that. I'm like, oh, so the teacher in the first 30 days needs to know how to observe children and document and prepare a progress report for you and have a conversation with the teacher and also know how to manage the classroom and also know how to do transitions and also know how to do discipline strategy and also know how to communicate with her co-teacher and also make sure she's coming on time and clocking in and out with your new system. She needs to know how to do all of that in the first 30 days, right? Like that's, that's your company, like that's your standard. That's not normal. She's in the school for 20 days. She cannot possibly do all of those things at the level that you want her to do it at. She can't. She can't. Nobody can. She's been in the company for 30 days. You need to set benchmarks. 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. What do I need you to know how to do in these first 30 days? What do I need you to do at the end of 60 days? What do I need you to know how to do in the next 90 days, right? And that's a whole separate conversation on onboarding. During those 90 days, right, when you're delegating something to them, right? Hiring a team member is you're delegating. You're delegating the toddler classroom to these teachers. Now you want these two teachers to run this classroom. You've delegated the classroom to them. The dip is going to last a long time. It's going to last a long time because it takes time for a teacher to learn how to do all the things. It takes time, but we don't have patience. We don't have patience. We don't want to teach. We don't want to train. We don't want to coach. We don't want to mentor. We don't want to do all of that because that's maintenance. That's not sexy. That's not fun. That's not exciting. We want to go do Big initiatives. We want to go do all these other big projects. Amazing. So are you hiring people that are going to train and coach and mentor your people? Who are you delegating the training to of your team? Who is training and coaching and mentoring your team? Who's doing that? Because if you're not, that's neglect unless you actually delegate it to someone else. And now someone else is doing that. But who is doing that? And if you don't have someone doing that and then you fire the teacher because she didn't, you know, meet standard, you fired the wrong person. Let me leave you with this. You can always teach new skills. You can always teach new knowledge. You cannot teach attitude and work ethic. Hire for culture, train for the role. And so this is where you have to really understand your culture. What comes first? What comes second? And what hierarchy? Culture is everything. Everything is culture. Everything. And so when you're in the delegation dip and you're sitting in that discomfort of the person 
not knowing how to take care of this intake of a bill that the parent has to pay because they overdo with tuition and she still can't get it right. Are those your company values? Are you firing based on that? Are you firing based on your shtick and your lack of patience to tolerate that you need to show her again how to do something? And I'm not saying that you should keep someone if you have to keep showing them again and again and again and again how to do something, right? This is not an all or nothing. This is what black and white thinking is. Hire slow, fire fast, da 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 No. It's this and, right? It's coaching and training and mentorship and guidance and discernment to reckon when the person's not ready to stay inside the organization anymore. This is what I love when I come down uh, to do leadership days with school owners. It's this entire new revelation of what is possible inside of the leadership team's infrastructure. It's also so much of what we do inside of our owners HQ, our directors in our circle program. Like this is what we focus on. It's giving the leaders the skills to make these decisions. Nobody should be telling you exactly how to do something. I don't want to teach you what to think. When I work with school leaders, I teach them how to think. How do you think about a problem like this? What are the questions you need to ask yourself? How do you find the inner strength inside of yourself? I don't know your school. I don't know you. I don't know your story, your history, your background, your resources, whatever's available to you. You're telling me the problem. Okay, now let's unpack it. Let's deconstruct it. Learn to trust yourself in that intuition. So I want to thank you all for joining me for this three-part series. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed myself. And if you have a moment after you listen to this, to this episode, if you listen to the whole series, if you just listened to this episode, please do us a favor, rate and review this podcast. Also in the show notes, we have a link if you want more information about our directors in our circle, our owners HQ program, or if you're looking and really interested in having us come to your center and do a leadership training inside of your organization, or if you're looking for virtual training options, or you're looking for a strategic planning session with your leadership team, all of these are available. You can email our support team at support at Khani.me or email me directly, cw at Khani.me. I would love to support you and your team in 2023 and really elevate your team, your mentorship, your training, and your coaching. Thanks so much for listening. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. 
I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.